Hello everybody, it's Julie with Hefzabah Talks A Lot. I am going to try to post shorter podcasts. I was thinking about this yesterday because I started to record a podcast and I was uh, prefacing it with the fact that I don't know when it would see the light of day, if it would ever see the light of day, because I like to have two or three segments in my podcast. I like to make my podcast an hour. So from here on out, unless I have a set plan for multiple segments that coincide with each other, I will just be uh, shooting out one segment and my podcast should be less than a half hour. I'd like to keep them about 15 minutes, but I ramble. And so I'm not going to make that promise, but they're no longer going to be an hour unless it's a special one that I've planned to be an hour or so. Um, but what I want to talk about today is this, is this innate need for people to be right. They always have to be right. It is one of the weirdest things you experience because when you see it in action, it's a bit frustrating to say the least. And I remember many years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were outside the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And yes, I just dropped that, that I was in New York City at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And we were sitting on the steps and I told him something like, you know, you just like being right. And he looked at me like, of course, who doesn't like to be right? And I kind of looked at him like, oh, you're right. Ha <laughs> ha. But who doesn't? Everybody wants to be right. It's these people that just have to be right. Like they can't be wrong about anything. No matter what you tell them, no matter what you say, they're right and you're wrong. And this is the the thing that I want to talk about. So what happened was I was commenting on a post and it was about masks and, um, and wearing, wearing those N95 masks and people were all commenting and I, I gave my opinion because I feel like my opinion is relevant. I always feel like my opinion is relevant. However, I feel like it's more relevant because I have been in China. So I have a little bit of a, a deeper understanding, um, of masks and just how frustrating it is, um, to wear them all the time. So the post essentially said, uh, why isn't there an availability of the N95 masks for us high risk people to wear out in public since social distancing measures are starting, uh, to be lifted? I know the answer, but I don't like it. Too many cavalier people out there aren't wearing masks at all, so I'm not particularly feeling very safe unless I can get a hold of the masks that protect me from others. Those who are making these political decisions, where the heck are you on this issue? Of course, I know the medical people need first, need these first, but why are you lifting social distancing when some of us are still at high risk, especially when so many people refuse to wear the more simple masks? Why aren't there more masks available for us to wear by now? Are we just supposed to continue to stay home while the rest of y'all go out there and live your lives? All right, so the issue is that, the as I, I say in my comment, and this is my first comment, N95 masks need to be individually fitted to the wearer so they can't just be handed out. They are primarily for medical staff use. They are not reusable. No disposable mask is reusable. 
N95 masks can usually only be worn for a couple of hours before they become too moist with breath vapor and spit and need to be removed and disposed of. Your best options are surgical disposable masks, color worn to the outside, or cloth reusable masks with replacement filters. In a pinch, you can create a mask of your own. Don't be a victim of greed and price gouging. Be safe. Be smart. I have lived in China since 2018. So I'm basically letting this woman know that it is foolhardy to pursue an N95 mask. People are panicking to that extent where they feel like they need the N95 mask, but you don't. Granted, while it will give you a smidgen more protection than a a mask with a filter or a surgical mask, we are still seeing our medical personnel getting sick from this. Um, And I honestly firmly believe that all N95 masks need to go toward first responder medical personnel, people that are trained in how to how they should be fitted, people that know how to use them, people that are aware when they lose their relevancy. Because once the mask becomes uh, moist with the spittle, it, evacu- it actually does the reverse. And it is actually detrimental. Because then you're breathing in other bacterias and whatnot. And it, it doesn't work as well anymore. So these people that are at high risk are thinking that they can get these N95 masks. But in truth, your best bet is to avoid large gathering areas. If you are really a high risk person, sincerely high risk, accommodations can be made. And that is essentially what social workers are for. Most consider social workers to just be involved in like adult protective services and child protective services. But the entire role of an of a social worker is to help you find services to help you do what you need to do in your life. So the whole role of a social worker is actually to empower a person by connecting them with local resources so that they can live the life that they want to live, utilizing resources they were not aware of in their community, and a social worker is supposed to become aware of these and have connections and ways to connect these people. I did not know that till I became a, till I got my BSW. I, did, I thought a social worker, same thing, was like a counselor, was a person that, that worked in child protective services. And granted, while that is the role of, a, of social workers, and you can become a clinical social worker, you can actually have different um, focuses in your social work degree. But the basic premise of social work is, um, depending on your levels, um, for, the, for the micro level, is just referring people to services and helping them make connections. So if you think about it, like with, with like child protective services, a social worker is connecting these parents to like their anger management classes or alcohol treatment, um, rehabilitations, uh, counseling They're And then they're just kind of monitoring their progress. Right. So social work. So if you need, if you literally are such a high risk person that you can't be out right now, an N95 mask is going to help you because the minute you step outdoors, you've already, you've officially, okay, you put it on, you go outdoors. You have a two hour time limit to do everything you need to do because if you're, you'd have to carry spare masks with you. And by the way, you'd have to have them in plastic because if they're out and exposed and not still wrapped in the plastic, and this goes with any mask at all, it's already contaminated. So you'd have to carry spare N95 masks with you if you, You'd have to do it regardless because you can't plan for a car accident. You can't plan for traffic. You can't plan for uh, unforeseen delays. So even if you thought, well, this is about an hour trip, so my mask should be fine. 
You can't plan for that. You'd have to carry these spare masks in your car. They'd have to be fitted. You'd have to know how to put them on because if you don't, if they're not fitted to your face and you don't know how to put them on, they're not going to keep the germs out anyway. All right, anyway. So the whole debate about the N95 masks, it's a panic thing. Primarily, it should be people on the front lines that are really actually actively dealing with the virus, full on front dealing with it. And that, I'm sorry, does not include uh, people at, at fast food or anything like that. You know, the surgical mask is going to be your best bet. And those are kind of hard to find right now because of panic and price gouging. So, um, so this woman wrote to me and she said, they are supposed to be single use. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I said. But they have been in such short supply during this pandemic, medical personnel have had to reuse them for a week or more at a time. That's actually a lie because medical personnel would not do that because they know if I reuse this medical, this N95 mask, I'm hurting myself. So what they're more than likely doing, they're using the N95 masks in um, extreme situations where they're like actively with a COVID patient, where they're actively in a, in a room where the virus exists. They're pro- they're more than likely using those N95 masks everywhere else. They're using surgical masks. I can pretty much guarantee that if, because if there's such a low amount of it, they're not just going to keep reusing it because they're medical personnel. They know they can't, they know it does no good. Why would I reuse this and wear it for a week? If I'm going to have bacteria and stuff in my, my chaos life of living, So I wrote, it is detrimental to do so. In truth, outside of the medical personnel, we shouldn't use these masks as improper use does more harm than good. That is the point of my content, my comment. In other words, just stop. So then she has to get the last word and she goes, of course it is, which is why N95s need to be reserved for medical personnel. They are primarily for medical staff use. We shouldn't use these masks outside of medical personnel. That's why this person is so eager to be right that even though they're restating what I've already said, they're saying it like I was wrong and they're right. Do you notice that? They're supposed to be single use, but there has been such a supply. They are not reusable. Okay. And granted, she's saying that their medical personnel is reusing them. And I didn't want to argue with that because A, I am not a medical personnel person. And B, it doesn't matter what I say to this person, she's going to argue. You can already tell. Um, so then, then she has to go on to say, yes, that's why it should be reserved for medical personnel, which is what I said in my original comment. And I so badly wanted to reply and say, yes, which is what I said in my comments. Why are you restating what I'm saying? Acting like you're correcting me or telling me something I don't know. I've already said medical personnel. I've said it twice. Medical personnel, both times. And it should not be used. It's detrimental to use it, but whatever. This is what I'm talking about. So I encounter this kind of stuff constantly. I'm, I, it's not, this is not a rare occurrence. I encounter people desperate to be right a lot. So much so that it's, it's annoying to me. And, and I, I mostly, because I'm 40 years old and I've learned quite a bit in my life, I can usually overlook this kind of stuff. Like I can, I can usually move beyond, um, 
like the the basic tenets of what people are saying because they're gonna tell me stuff that I've already said or they're just gonna argue for the sake of arguing like and I do that too okay guys I love to argue I, I don't know if people really know that about me or really appreciate that about me I know it's an annoying thing but I love to argue I've always loved to argue it's been something that I've actually been uh, accused of quite a bit I should have probably gone into um sorry about those little music things i'm looking for this other situation that i had but i i probably should have done debate in high school i wish i'd known that back then because i would have totally signed up for debate because i think that would have refined my i know that would have refined my my arguing skills okay so i posted a picture and and after i do this i'll talk about one more thing and wrap this segment or this podcast i uh I shared a picture that someone else had shared and they said it's the most powerful image you'll see today, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it is a really powerful image and it's showing the power of water. And essentially what it is, is they took a man that, uh, that uses a wheelchair and they put him in his wheelchair in the water. I don't know if it's actually his wheelchair uh, or if it's just a wheelchair for the shot, but basically it's showing him standing up because the water is supporting him so that he does not need his wheelchair or crutches or any kind of other help to stand so he's standing beside his wheelchair under the water they took this photo and he's looking over at his wheelchair and as a photographer I find that amazingly wonderful now before any of you freak out I have taken classes about disabilities um, I am not even gonna get into stuff but here's my thing I believe I firmly believe empowerment in the way that you want to be empowered I'm not talking about like enabling things However, I am talking about if you have a disability, but you don't want that to be the focus of your life. So you find your empowerment through other things. So let's say like, um, like there's a, there's a woman out there. She, she has no arms, but she can paint beautiful artwork with her feet. Okay. So the focus of her life, people will focus on the fact that she doesn't have arms and paints with her feet. But for her, her empowerment is that she can create these beautiful art. This beautiful artwork and she's not limited by her disability and no one should feel limited by their disability the caveat to that is we all have limitations right I am not disabled um, in in a realm that someone would look at me and say you're disabled but I am obese right but that's my fault I don't hold that anything I don't I'm not saying nothing there but people look at obesity a lot of times as a disability um, I mean cho- I've made bad life choices with my eating and my my health habits and now I have to work to, to get into shape. So the thing is, am I defined by that? I think that a lot of times I define myself by my weight and it affects my self-esteem, okay? That's me. So here's the thing. You cannot please everybody. So there's a, there's a group out there of, of people with disabilities that their disability is their empowerment. And that's fine. I'm all for that. Uh, there's, there's parents out there that will not let their deaf child have the ear implant, can't remember the name of it, uh, that would allow them to hear because they believe that the deaf community is a cultural thing and they don't, they want their child to be a part of that. I don't agree with that. Um, I don't see that there's anything wrong with embracing, um, the fact that you're deaf and that you have your own unique culture and community from that. I feel like not allowing your child to be able to hear when it is most likely to succeed because you want to keep them in that community is a little bit too much. But that's 
my opinion. I'm not out there trying to legislate against it. I'm not fighting these people. I'm not posting anything negative about it. That's just my thoughts on it, right? All right, so I shared this picture. So my point is, I believe that people with disabilities can do amazing things. They can do things more better than I can do, and they can achieve more than I can achieve. And I, I, don't, I don't see anything beyond their limit they can do you know they can reach for things i don't i don't look down on them i don't feel like they're less than me i feel like a lot of them are way better than i am because they they do so much with their lives and i feel that way with able-bodied people as well and if i use the incorrect term there i'm sorry because i don't know if that's the right term but um you know what i mean like i feel there's people all around this world that other people may look down on based on color of skin based on religion based on their gender based on their sexual orientation whatever that are doing amazing things that i've never thought of or never even tried to do so i don't look down on people because i'm no better than anyone else so i shared this thing and and a person commented and said this was actually discussed in my wheelchair support group about how hurtful this picture can be because it tells able bodies well, able-bodied people that wheelchairs are a burden and something to be freed from for many people a wheelchair is their saving grace and allows them to have a wonderful quality of life due to the freedom it brings that is all about what this person read into this photo or what these people read into this photo they are offended because they read into it i think it's amazing i think it's a great image i think it's a on a photographer point of view i love it i think it's an amazing image based on the photography point of view so here is me refusing to back down, okay? Because while I'm responding to this woman as you as I read through this dialogue, part of me, the the social worker part of me, the and I, I'm not saying that what I was doing was unchristian, but the Christian peacemaker part of me is like, yeah, I should just be like, you're absolutely right. Some people can see this as insensitive, but I'm like, I am not going to apologize for posting an image just because you read something into that image, okay? That was that was my premise. This is my page. This is my feed. I'm not going to apologize for posting something that I didn't say anything about disabilities, about anything. I just shared the image because I thought it was powerful. So I said, it's all about what one reads into it. If the man in the photo truly needs a wheelchair, he obviously didn't find it hurtful. Regardless, you can't please everyone. So essentially, this guy was willing to pose for this photo, so he didn't think it was hurtful. So it's all about what you read into it. And I'm not going to apologize for what you read into something. I'm not going to apologize because you choose to be offended, if that makes sense. If I blatantly say something that offends you, then by all means, I will apologize. If you take an offense because you can, that's on you. And, and, that's, and that's what's wrong with our world right now. People demand apologies because they become offended. It's like, dude, granted there are things that happen that are offensive, and people say things they should not say, and they should be sensitive to that and, and apologize, but they should apologize on their own merit. Not because you demanded it from them. The minute you demand an apology, it's not an apology. It's just them placating you. And that's my other thing, but that's for later. So then her response was, yes, but it is important to consider the perspective of the people affected. With a smiley face. Okay? No, it isn't. Because if I was sharing a half-dressed woman, which people share on Facebook all the time, or a half-dressed man, not caring that someone may struggle with sex addiction, not caring that I'm polluting someone's mind... And I'm just going to scroll past and let that go without me confronting them about it or any other of these offensive things that I may not particularly like, then other people can do the same thing. It's called being an adult, okay? I'm not sharing anything offensive. This is not 
saying that disabled people are less. This is not saying that that they're not worthy of of anything. This is just showing that water has power. First of all, if it can support a human being like that, that's amazing. And second of all, the guy didn't find it offensive that took the, that was in the photo. And once again, I said if he is actually a disabled person, a person with disabilities. I apologize. If he actually is a person with disabilities and can and needs a wheelchair. However, we don't know the backstory, so this very well could have been a posed shot, and the guy is, doesn't even need a wheelchair, and they're just trying to make it look like something. But I'd have to do research, and I don't do that. So I put, if one did that, nothing could be shared. If one considered the perspectives of everybody affected, one nothing would be shared, because you'd be like, oh, crap, this might offend Beth. This might offend Billy. This might offend Michael. This might offend the Germans. This might offend the French. I mean, you can't share anything, because you're going to offend somebody somewhere. I am not discounting that those that feel empowered embracing their disability and not letting it define them. However, they can be dismissive of those who do not do the same or have the same mindset. Going to either extreme is detrimental. So I'm saying, like I was saying, going to the point where you embrace your disability so much that that is all that defines you is detrimental. And going to the extreme where you refuse to acknowledge it so much that you hate it is detrimental. You have to be in the middle. You have to, you have to love yourself. And accept yourself, but not to the point, not either, not to the point where you're detrimental and harming other people and not to the point where you're, where you, or you don't hate yourself to the point where you're detrimental and you hate yourself because you have a limitation, right? We all have limitations, people. Um, all right. What people need to do is realize that their view and feelings while justified in their lives aren't how everyone feels. That's the whole thing. So if this is this photo hurtful, only if someone feels that it is. Yet many others will feel differently and some won't care or feel anything at all. Most people will just scroll past that image. They'll just, whatever. They don't care, you know? They never think about people with disabilities outside of when they actually physically see one. And even then they might be like disregarding of them and blatantly ignore them. It is a proven fact that a, a majority of people that see somebody with like Down syndrome or something will actively look the other way because they've been taught so much don't stare that they now go to the other extreme where they won't even acknowledge the person. And that's just as bad. Yeah. So then this person responds, I am a wheelchair user. Please do not discredit what I'm trying to share. I am not empowered. And that's in quote by my disabilities. I struggle with them and a wheelchair allows me to have some semblance of a social life outside of internet interaction. This isn't an extreme. I'm asking that the disabled opinion be considered and valued the same way others are. I'm not asking you to remove the photo or anything, which I'm glad because if she had, there would have been a hugely different conversation here. I would strongly encourage learning about inspiration porn also. This is a wonderful TED talk about it. Or there's a wonderful, okay, no, I'm not. I'm not going to watch inspiration porn and start looking at how I share things that I feel inspiring or that I find an image captivating and be like, oh my goodness, is this inspiration porn? Am I, am I like causing harm? No, this is my feed. Guys, I am act, I, I'll tell you at the end. Okay, so I responded. I do consider it. I am very careful about what I share on my page. However, people are going to take from it what they want to regardless of my feelings, intentions, or purpose. So my point is, take from it what you want and let me and others do the same. You have your own Facebook feed where you can share this image and your opinion. 
You will note that all I did was share the image, not write anything about it. The comment above the photo is from the original poster, not me. I feel that if I had written something hurtful or discriminating, then you can say it is hurtful or that I need to consider the perspectives of others. In fact, my rule of thumb is to delete people's opinions from my posts, which I may end up doing here. I haven't, by the way. As I said, everyone has their own pages to express their opinions. I find the best thing for me is to keep scrolling if I perceive certain things from another's posts. Rather than educate them on things, I assume they do or do not think, feel, know, do, or believe. In other words, I don't look at their posts and go, they shared this, they must not care about blah, blah, blah. So let me give them a piece of my mind and let them know that they need to care about blah, blah, blah. I don't know what they're thinking when they share something. I don't know anything. She doesn't know, well, I mean, I'm sure she does know if I'm in a wheelchair or not, but I'm just saying, she doesn't know if I'm in a wheelchair or if I care for people in wheelchairs. She doesn't know if I, if I had gotten this from a friend that's in a wheelchair and said, look at this image, how cool is this? And she told me to share it. We don't know. But yet she wants to presume that I don't give a rat's butt about people with disabilities and that my, me sharing this image, I'm not thinking about them at all, which is exactly the opposite. And then she wrote, okay, well, have a good one. Because I basically, she doesn't want to argue with me and that's fine. So in my opinion here, let me just tell you all the rule of thumb for Facebook. You control your feed. You also control how you respond to the feed of others. So in my opinion, most times, I'd say 90% of the time, I will delete contrary comments. Because my, my feed is not for you to express your opinion. My feed is not for people to put me in my place my feed is not for people to correct me. Now, the one exception to that is if someone writes, this is fake news, I will immediately go in and verify if I shared fake news. If I find out I did, I delete the post immediately. I've, I've sh guys, I'm gonna admit, I've shared fake news by accident before, and it's fine. I didn't do my research. I, I try to only share from reliable, although pff, how reliable are the mainstream media news sources? Not very. But I, I try not to just share things blindly because I'm very careful about what's on my page. But I do delete. So if I share some kind of political post and someone comes in here and bashes Trump, bashes Obama, uh, yes, even bashes Obama, um, bashes any Democrat, turns it into a political soapbox for them to spread their poison, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm deleting your comment because that's not what my feed is for. My feed is not for you to have a soapbox to access people you don't have access to and spread your agenda and your conspiracy theories and all of that stuff. So I'm very careful about what I share. And I feel like um, a lot of people aren't. And, and that's why you just scroll. If I have an opinion, I'll do a podcast, I'll do a video, or I'll take the image without sharing it so that the person's name isn't on it and I'll express my opinion. And I don't say like, you know, so-and-so shared this and this is why it bothered me. I'll just say like, guys, this is why this bothers me. Or this is why I don't agree with this or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's very rare that I do that. I I, I will share controversial stuff on my podcast, I mean my Facebook, like um, I'm pro-life and I'm unapologetic about it. Um, I'm a Christian, I'm unapologetic about it. So I'll share stuff that probably annoys people, like obviously an image of a, a man from a wheelchair standing beside his wheelchair. Um, I'll share things that may cause people to be frustrated or upset with me. Um, if they're dis if the discussion is legit, I'll leave it most of the time. But if it's just someone trying to use my feed to have a, a platform of some sort, I won't leave it there. So to wrap this podcast, 
Um, I've had those two experiences over the last few the last few days, and then now I'm dealing with a work issue where the work product given to us was crap. It just was crap. It was overcomplicated. It was too distracting. These kids aren't going to focus on it. Blah, 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 blah. So I spent literally hours tweaking it over the course of two days to make a PowerPoint that is actually relevant and works. When they, they put a, a announcement out that said like, oh, turns out some of the animations aren't working, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, because that PowerPoint was overly complicated and stupid. Like we didn't need it to be that complicated. Um, when they sent that out, I responded, look, I just created my own because th- I didn't like it. I didn't like this format, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, send me what you've got. And I hate to send him what I've got because he's always critical. He's always critical. Like nothing I ever do for this dude is good enough. Nothing, nothing. I turn in something. He's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to tweak it. Okay, well, we're going to change it. Okay, we're going to, nothing is good enough. Nothing reaches the standard that he wants. Nothing, ever, 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 ever. And I, I'm sick of it. So we're doing the best we can from here. Um, this one's fresh. That's why I'm not as calm. <laughs> so we're doing the best we can working from home, working with the, the technology limitations. Technology hates me, guys. I deal with the, te- the issues of technology all the freaking time, and I'm sick of that, too. We're doing all of this stuff. We're doing the best we can. And I'm trying to be a bit more understanding because my company is being very good to me in light of our quarantine and having to work at home. Um, But I mean, I'm just like, I'm so sick of the micromanaging. I'm so sick of like, we have to send a thumbs up every day to let them know we're ready to go. In my opinion, like that is so freaking unnecessary Honestly, just have us tell you if we're not ready. Like, wouldn't you rather just get a message saying, guys, um, I'm having some technical issues. Uh, can someone help me out? Than having to get freaking 500 thumbs up every day. I, I, I just, I have to say, like, if I stay in China another year, I don't really see me working for the same company. I love this company. I, that's, and I'll finish my contract with them. I have no qualms there. However, if I choose because this coronavirus has thrown off my life in China like this last the, this year in China just doesn't even feel like anything I can't go anywhere I can't do anything I, I'm like just basically I should be better off in America that's where I am I could teach online in America um, if I stay another year in China I will probably work with a different school because I just don't quite feel like I have a career with this another year of this in me I just because they they have two meetings a week uh, on Mondays, we have academic meetings. On Fridays, we have center meetings. And while each of them may have one or two things that the other one doesn't, both of them have the same content for the majority of the meeting. So you're like, we just regurgitated a whole bunch of BS. I don't really need to hear this twice. Second of all, then we have one-on-ones. And those used to be weekly, but now we thankfully got them to like bi-weekly or once a month. But I don't know what's going to happen when we come back. Thirdly, they're just never happy. Never. Never. I know when I do subpar work and I know when I work my butt off. And when I get the same result either way, I can't deal with that. And the micromanaging drives me crazy. So the the overly critical, nothing's good enough, and the micromanaging is driving me crazy. So when you look at the fact that this person asked me to send this PowerPoint, I'm like, freaking A, he's going to complain about it. And sure enough, he did. And he complained and complained and complained. And I was like, dude, look, it's going to be fine. It'll work. Well, maybe you should change this. No, dude, I'm not going to change this. I'm not going to change it. And I'll tell you why. Because the focus is supposed to be Children's Day. And whoever designed this PowerPoint decided, oh, our focus is going to be sports. 
the, the purpose of Children's Day is not about what children do around the world. Now, granted, what we're teaching these kids, I don't know if we could really actually find a way to teach them Children's Day. So they're trying to make it more like, but it's not. Like, it misses the whole point of Children's Day. Children's Day is, is about the international acceptance of the fact that children actually can fight for themselves and actually have rights and should be protected. It was an international acceptance of it. The world finally acknowledged that children have value. That's what Children's Day is about. And instead, we're going to talk about sports. Like, every kid plays sports. So what I did was I tweaked it and I added pets. Now, am I assuming every kid have a, has a pet or likes animals? No. But I figure I could sit here and talk to you kids for 20 minutes about sports, but who cares? Who cares? Whereas I can talk to you for 20 minutes about... when And they had phonics and stuff in the other one. But phonics pets, sports, and then review stuff we've already learned in the, in this time of learning from home. And I feel like you'd leave this thing with a bit more happiness involved. So needless to say, the point of this podcast is I'm sick of people having to be right. I would like just for once to hear back from him like, this is excellent. You did a very good job. And so what really irked me was that his constant response was, well, when I observe you later, we can make adjustments. What's this we crap, dude? Do you have a rat in your pocket? We can make adjustments? I'm not adjusting nothing. Mia and I work through this stuff and we say, okay, that didn't work quite well. Let's tweak it a little bit. That's how we make our adjustments. I'm not going to sit here and have him tell me, okay, you need to change this part of the PowerPoint. I'm going to be like, no, dude, I'm going to run the PowerPoint the way I want to. And the other thing I'm not going to do is show the video to that class because I don't want to hear criticism about that. So the kids are just going to miss out on the video. It's just going to happen because I don't want to have to hear, why are you showing that video? To entertain the kids before class starts. They sit in the class for that empty room for five minutes and stare at a screen that has nothing happening. Let's entertain them for a bit. I started that last week. <sighs> and they're all Disney videos. I'm not sharing something I shouldn't share. They're Disney videos, but I just don't want to hear it. So, friends, here's the point. Here's the takeaway from this podcast. If you've listened this long, thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you'd like to send me your thoughts, observations, ideas, and suggestions, please do so. You can send it to htal.podcast at gmail.com. I don't check that email very often, but when I do, if there's any emails in it, there haven't been any, I will definitely incorporate them into my podcast at some point. But my, here's the takeaway. You don't have to be right. Okay, if you find that you just have to get the last word in and so you're essentially just regurgitating what the person already said, stop it. Stop it. You don't have to be right. One of the most freeing things in the world was realizing you could say, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong and move on. You don't have to have an opinion about everything. You don't, and as says the girl with the podcast, you don't have to have the last word. You don't have to post on, on people that posted something you don't agree with. Like I said, call people to task if they're saying things that are hateful or hurtful or um, racist or whatever. Definitely. Don't just let hate speech go on. However, I would, I would challenge you to make sure that you're not personally offended by something because you read something into it. We read things with our biases intact. Our filters are always engaged. And if you're not aware of that, you're going to look at something and go like, this person told me this. And I'll give you one last example. When I was in, high, in college, we had to read a story. And uh, I didn't like it. Uh, big surprise. And I read it with that tone of confrontation because I firmly believe the dude wrote it with a confrontational tone. So at one point he says, what would you say, old woman, about the state of America? And I, I read it just like that. He called her old woman. Like, 
I find that an angry term. But when my teacher, my professor read it to the class, well, I'm like, he was angry when he wrote this and blah, blah, blah. And then, and guys, this is why I don't like college because it's so liberal. Like it, it's all about liberal education. Like you don't get conservative views. You try to stand for conservatism and, and you get freaking crucified. And I hate to use that word. I shouldn't use that. I shouldn't have said that. You get eaten alive. You just get, I hate when people trivialize a crucifixion, crucifixion. Cause that's a whole, first of all, that was a horrible punishment for criminals back in, in Jesus's time. And my beloved savior died on a cross. And I feel like using that word was very wrong of me. So I apologize. I just, that's just a take from that what you will. Anyway, um, you get eaten alive and, and beaten down because they're like, heaven forbid that you have a, a contrary conti- uh, opinion to the liberal education I've been spoon fed since first grade. Okay. Heaven forbid you think for yourself. You know, you got to eat up the liberalism and, and regurgitate it. That's the only way you do well. So when she read it, and my teachers were great, guys. I've, I've never had a teacher that, a professor that I feel like graded me harshly because I'm a conservative. I'm not saying that. It's the classmates <laughs> that I feel like I get most of the flack from. But she read it, and she read it with such a soft tone. She was like, what would you say, old woman, about the state of America? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. He didn't write it that way. If you read that, I don't remember the name of it, guys, so I can't tell you. But if you read that piece, this essay we had to read, it was definitely written in an angry tone. But because she didn't read it in an angry tone, it totally changed it. So that's my point. If you read something in an angry tone or with an, your offense engaged, you're going to say this, was, this person meant this. They don't think about anybody but themselves. They don't consider people with disabilities. This is hurtful. Is it? So just make sure that whatever you're reading into the posts of other people, that it's a legitimate thing. And I, unless, like they said something like, I hate a certain race of people, or I hate a certain gender, or all these type of people are this, and they're making these blanket statements, you can call them out on it. But other than that, folks, what I would say is, is don't share their photo. If it's a photo, you can screenshot the post and black out their name, or you can, um, you can download the photo and share it on your page. And you can even say, like, someone else shared this, and I found it offensive because blah, 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 blah. And then if you like debate on your page, you can let debate run rampant. If you don't like debate, delete it. Guys, you are not obligated to keep negative or hurtful or hateful comments on your page. Consider groups that will kick people out for that. If groups are able to kick people out for that, then you need to just be like, you know what? I control my feed. People are going to come to my page and they're going to read stuff. And I don't want your agenda on my faith, my page. That's your, you're allowed to do that. Take control of your feed. And, and if you're going to, you know, if you disagree with a person, just repost the photo. Don't name the person. Don't <clears throat> throw stones. Just be like, I saw this on another person's feed. I don't agree with it because one, two, three, you don't have to name people. You don't have to call them out. You know, just if you like debate, Initiated on your page. You know what I'm saying? Although, obviously, if, if some people like debate, and, they, and you may know that about that person. So if a person likes discussion and debate, you can comment on their page. I like it to a degree, but if I feel like it's just a soapbox thing or someone's reading too much into something, I'll delete your comment, and I am not ashamed of it. So there you go. So take from that what you will, and uh, I hope you all have a blessed day wherever you are. And this, unfortunately, went 40 minutes, even though it was supposed to be less than that. So I'm sorry that it went longer, but I just can't help myself. I feel like it's part of Julie's life. 
but kudos and thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Julie with Hefsaba Talks A Lot. I'm just going to take one second, okay, maybe a little longer, to talk to you about writing.com. Now, I'm not doing this for any money or anything. I'm just letting you know about a great supportive community that I think it would be great for you to join. Writing.com has been around for a long time. They actually started out as stories.com, and I stumbled on them when I was a lot younger and joined, and eventually they got too big for that domain and became writing.com in order to encompass more than just storytelling. This website is amazing. It is a community of writers and readers. So if you're not a writer, but you love to read, join writing.com. If you don't really read a lot because you're so busy, but you love to write, join writing.com. If you're a little bit of both, join writing.com. It's an amazing community. Now you can get a free account and then they have paid memberships. I currently just do the second tier, the upgraded membership, and it allows me to have more items in my portfolio. I love to pay to have a membership because I love to support writing.com. That's the main reason that I pay to keep my membership updated and current. But I just wanted to have an advertisement about writing.com. Once again, not for any monetary gain. It's not even an official one. Uh, They won't even know I'm doing it. But I just want to encourage people to go and join writing.com. It is truly a place that has helped me develop as a writer. It has helped me be encouraged. And I have met people there that have been my friends through the distance online and have supported me and offered me advice with my writing and has been, have been there with me or for me as I've made these transitions to China and other locations. So once again, writing.com, W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com. Join today. 